Take out your sermon notes, if you will, please, and we'll jump into this morning's message. We're going to be echoing what we have been taught, what we've been studying, what we have learned together uh, in our Sunday school this week and uh, this Sunday morning. So I hope and pray that you made it to the Sunday school hour, and if you did not or you possibly are here and have not received your literature, uh, we do have all the extra books in, so please let us know uh, if you do not have a copy and we can get that to you. Uh, It's got great devotional material that I encourage you to use for your daily devotions as we work together and coming together and our hearts are already in tune with what uh, the study is going to be, what the the message is going to be, what the theme is going to be and it just helps us to drive home that biblical doctrine and principle uh, that we find in God's word and then we'll go out and live that one out and learn another one the next week. And uh, so I, I'm really enjoying the, the D6 strategy uh, that we've instilled and that we're putting in place. Uh, do you remember your memory verse? <clears throat> Is there anyone, maybe by chance, that would you would just volunteer to jump up and uh, share the memory verse out of Acts chapter 24 and verse number 16 for this week? Anybody brave enough to do that? Now listen, if you're going to do it any Sunday, this will be the Sunday to do it because about half of our crowd is here and there's not near as many people and you look around and this is really just just family here, it's just our church. Anybody anybody feel like doing that? Anybody want to dare? It's on the screen, isn't it? (laughs) Clear the screen, Justin. Who wants to do it? Somebody up here? Kristen, did you raise your hand? No? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Wayne? Uh, whatever version you, you memorized, then give him a pulpit mic, if you will, please, guys. I will keep a clear conscience before God and man. Amen. Good job. Give Wayne a hand for being brave enough to come up here and do this. I always do my best to have a clear conscience before God and and before men. That's our memory verse. Now, every single week we are, we are memorizing a, a new verse for the week. And I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, that's putting the, the Word of God in your heart, in your mind, and you'll always have it. And the Lord will be able to bring that up whenever you need it <clears throat> to be able to share with someone. Actually, I saw this morning, I believe Melinda or, or Sandy won. I don't know who did this, <clears throat> but it looks good. I saw it this morning when I came in. They've already got for you next week's memory verse at the bottom of your handout. Take that out. That's pretty neat. Man, we are putting every tool possible in your hand to help you succeed as a Christian and as a believer, to help you grow. And I thought, that's pretty awesome. I mean, there's next week's theme at the bottom. There's next week's memory verse. Already, Who did that? Who did that? Melinda did that? Good job. Give Melinda a hand. That's being very creative in there. And I, I like that. I saw that. I thought, hey, that's cool. I should have thought of that. (laughs) That's good. I like that. So right there is next week's memory verse. So take this. And, of course, it's also in your Sunday school literature uh, that you'll have. And uh, I want to encourage you to memorize the Word of God. But this week, I guess the principle, the lesson that that we have discovered together by studying the life of Paul in, in Acts chapter 24, 25, and verse number 26, we just really found out that when God calls, God provides. And of course, if we want to, if we want to make it rhyme, it could be where God guides, God provides. Have you, have you found that to be true in your life? I mean, wherever it is that God is leading you, and whatever situation you may find yourself in, uh, wherever it is in life at that particular moment, we can see that God's provision is always there, is it not? I mean, where He guides you, where He is leading you, what He is calling you to do, He is also, at the same time, providing for you and giving you all the needs uh, that that you need, all the essentials, all the tools, everything you need uh, to fulfill His call on your life. Well, that's what we discovered this week as we've studied Acts chapter 24 and 25 and 26. And of course, the three main points, and, and I know in our Sunday school class we've been unpacking these, but the first one that we saw is how God uses unusual circumstances to make missionaries of us all, and how the Apostle Paul found himself in a very unusual place to what he, he envisioned. You know, he, he probably had the vision of going into Rome just like he had gone through um, uh, through uh, Philippi, and just like he had gone through Galatia and the other cities where he had established churches he probably thought in his mind that he was going to Rome in that venue but God had another plan God had another purpose God had another calling on his life and of course it brought about some very unusual circumstances and of course the unusual circumstances what he found himself where 
In prison, of course he did. And then there were false accusations that opened the door to witness uh, for Christ. We saw that in the life of Paul. Uh, all these false accusations that came against him, all these rumors, all these lies, all this stuff that was coming against the Apostle Paul. You know what Paul did? He turned that around and used that for God's glory. Did he not? I mean, we see that through all of these false accusations, I love what Brother Darrell said in Sunday school class this morning, that Paul wasn't just sitting in prison saying, woe is me, and singing the blues, and, and, and crying, and carrying on. He was just continuing his ministry, continuing his work, and even in the midst of all these false accusations, God was using him and placing him in a place in his life where he could be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the third thing that we learned is that your power, your, your personal testimony is very powerful. And that's what we see in the life of Paul in Acts chapter 26 and, and many other times through the book of Acts. We see where Paul is sharing his life story. And guys, listen, that's kind of going to be the thrust of my message today. I want you to get to the point where you can be a witness and you can share your story. And by the way, guys, you realize that everybody is interesting. I mean, don't you just love to meet new people and get around new people and hear their stories, hear what's going on in their life? I mean, listen, God doesn't make any junk. Hello? And God is, God is uniquely working in the life of everybody. And everybody has a wonderful story. My wife has taken some um, sign language classes uh, over over at Swick and, uh, and and yesterday we went to the she went and joined the 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 deaf club and we went to Lateran's Park and we had a, a cookout and everything with 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 deaf people and, and I I thought it was pretty amazing some of the stories that were being unfolded that they were sharing about their life matter of fact there's one girl that's taking a class and I thought this was pretty interesting her mother was in a very serious car accident had been hit by a drunk driver and she was trying to get her certification to be an interpreter uh, and trying to get certified in that but after she got hit by this drunk driver and she was she was on life support and she was unconscious and they had to do a trach and and she had some um, I guess some some limbs that had been um, uh, where she couldn't move them very well. And, and, and so she kind of lost some of her skills in signing through that. And as she's sharing her story about what she was doing, the daughter now said, Mom, I'm going to go to class, I'm going to go to SWIC, and I'm going to learn sign language so that I can come home with you and we can practice together, get your motor skills back where they need to be so that you can continue and go on and get your certification. When I heard that, I thought, wow. What an interesting story. And guys, listen, everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they can share. And that's what we see in the life of the Apostle Paul, that he was just simply sharing his story. Over and over and over again, he was sharing his story. And guys, that's what we're going to train you to do. That's what we're going to teach you to do. In faith, we're going to bring and incorporate your story with some scripture and send you out just so you can be more confident in sharing your story and doing what the apostle Paul did here in Acts chapter number 26. I got a question for you. Why, once you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, why do you think it is that he left you here on this earth? I mean, think about that. God and his sovereignty and and him knowing who's going to accept Christ and who's going to be a believer and who's going to be a child of God, God in his sovereignty could very well have instituted a plan that the moment you get saved, right then you die and you go straight to heaven. But he didn't do that. So the question is why? Why did he not do that? You want me to tell you why he didn't do it? He didn't do it because he wants you to continue living on this earth living out His plan for your life, and He wants to use you to be the vessel that carries the wonderful message of Jesus Christ to a lost and a dying world. He wants to use you to share your story on how God moved and worked in your life with the people that you come in contact with. I mean, that's the whole reason that we've been left here. As a matter of fact, a great Scottish pastor in the last century by the name of William Arndt, he said this, and I want to quote what he said. He said, to every true Christian, these two things may be said. One, you have need of Christ. And two, Christ has need of you. The simple fact that a Christian is on earth and not in heaven is proof that there is something for him to do here. 
And if he's not doing it, the neglect shows either that he is not yet a Christian or that he is a Christian who grieves Christ. What is that act? What is that purpose? What is that plan that he's left us here to do? You know what it is? It's to be a witness. With that being said, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. I want to share with you this passage of Scripture and this is what we would call the fifth Great commission in the Word of God. There's one in every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There we find a great commission. And, and here's the fifth one that we find in the book of Acts. And this is just before the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has already been crucified. He has already been buried. He's, the resurrection has already taken place. This is just before he makes his ascension back up into heaven. These are some of his last words in testament that he actually gives us while here on earth before he makes his ascension back to God the Father. I want you to take note of what he says in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my what? Witnesses. You will be what? My... Let's say it together. Shout it out. You will be my what? Witnesses. Did you hear what Jesus said? He said, you will be my what? Witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Guys, do you realize that God has called us to be a witness for Him? Before we go any farther, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, I stand in need of you this morning. And I just pray, dear God, that you would preach through me today. God, I pray you'd give me the words to say and help me to deliver them in the very manner that you'd have them delivered. And I pray like Martin Luther prayed many, many years ago that the Holy Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. And Father, as I look around in our congregation, it's pretty much just us. It's our family. I, I don't believe I see one visitor here. It's, it, these, are, these are members and, and attenders of Victory Church that, that call this their home church. And God, I thank you that they're here this morning. But Lord, I pray... You'd speak to our hearts today. I pray that you would confirm in our spirits and in our depths of our soul what it is that you've left us here to do. I pray that we'd answer the call today. and We'd leave, a, leave aside some of our insecurities and, and some of the, the hesitation that we may have whenever we realize the great call to be a witness. And God, that we would trust in you. Father, I just pray that, that you'd use us for this very hour for this very purpose, for this very calling that you have on our ministry and on our church to be a witness for you. Burn that in our spirits and in our soul today. Help us to be children of God that have a desire to share our story, what you have done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice a couple things here in this passage of Scripture. First of all, I want you to see that He's called us to be a witness. And then I want you to see where He has called us to be a witness. Now, this is not number one, two, or three. I'm not there yet, okay? So this is all still by way of introduction here, okay? I want you to look where He's called us. He's called us to go where? To Jerusalem. And then he says that we're to go to Judea and Samaria. And then he says that we're to go to the ends of the earth. I mean, that's our mission, folks. That's what God has called us to do. So whenever we think about how we've been called to preach and be a witness, I should say, in Jerusalem, what does that imply? You know what that implies? That implies that we are to go... Everybody look up here. we got some distraction going on. I don't know what's going on, but pay attention to me here. Here's what we're called to do. We're called to be a witness... To Jerusalem. Now where is Jerusalem for us? Of course that doesn't mean that we're to pack up and fly over to the Middle East and, and settle in Jerusalem and start witnessing for Christ. No. What does it mean for us to be a witness in Jerusalem? You know what that means? It's in our hometown. It's in our community. It's in our circle of influence. It's with our friends. It's with our co-workers. It's with our family members. It's with our neighbors across the street or, or next door. It's the people that are in our world. That's where he says, I want you to go first. I want you to go to Jerusalem. And then he says to those believers there, now I want you to go to Judea 
and Samaria. Well, what was Judea and Samaria for the believers in that day? Well, in all reality, that was the town next door. That was the county next door. And in that town next door, in that village next door, it was, um, it was an area of a different culture. Matter of fact, uh, they were different racially. They were different in their culture. And they were people that they could... They can, with a little bit of effort, reach out, but they were people that were different than them. Guys, you realize that's what we're to be doing? Not only are we to be reaching our friends, not only are we to be reaching our family members and those that, that live close to us or those that work with us, but we're also to reach across the, 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 the barriers a lot of time in our culture, in our society, of race. We're to reach across that. We're to reach across people of different culture. We're to reach across the people of different ethnic groups. We're to reach across the people that speak a different language. And what we're to try to do is to be a witness even to them. Now, you know the great thing about the United States of America? You don't have to leave the United States of America to find a foreign mission field. I mean, it's all around us. And especially here in the Metro East, man, there's people that from all races and, and all cultures and all ethnic groups and, and all languages, and they're right here in this area. You know what God's telling us to do? Don't just witness to your own. Get out there to Judea and Samaria and be a witness even to them. With that being said, let me share with you a brand new ministry that we're starting here at Victory Church. Come on up here, Carlos. I want you to be much in prayer for Carlos because we are starting together. And he came in my office. He's, I've been talking with Carlos for months about God's call on his life. And, and he's talked with probably every one of you about that at one time or another. But he came in my office and he really had a burden about what God's plan and what God's desire for him was. And, and he really felt it was to reach the Hispanic population, the Spanish-speaking uh, people. And, and he didn't really know how to do that. And so I just sat down with him and we laid out a plan. And then we prayed together and we got done praying. He got up and he was bawling and weeping and crying. And we were all were snotting and carrying on. And we finally got cleaned up and said, realize, hey, God, this is what you're calling us to do. I want to introduce to you victories Hispanic ministry leader. Give Carlos a hand. You know what we're going to be doing? When we start faith, I've asked Carlos if I could be on his team. And Carlos and I and one other person, we're looking for one other person, of course, to stay with the faith structure. We've got to have a lady. But we're looking for uh, another person that speaks Spanish that would be willing to get on our team and where we are going to go on Sunday evenings is over into Fairmont City, Collinsville. Fairmont City, Collinsville. And we're going to be sharing the gospel and reaching out to the Hispanic population and those that speak in Spanish. And, and we're going to be reaching them. Now, I told Carlos, I said, Carlos, I got to know you got my back, brother. Okay, because y'all going to be talking about stuff and I ain't going to have a clue what you're talking about and what you're saying. But I've got to trust you that you got my back and I'm going to help Carlos and I'm going to teach him the faith outline. And we're going to share the gospel and I'm going to talk and he's going to interpret it. And, and you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to bring them here on Sunday mornings for a Sunday school class. And Carlos is going to be the teacher that's going to teach the Hispanic population in Spanish on Sunday morning so that we can reach those people with the gospel gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's almost enough to make an Episcopalian shout. You ought to say, Amen, praise the Lord, clap, do something. Amen. That's our Judea. That's our Samaria. And guys, it's in our back door. And we're trying to do everything we can to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and go out and reach them. Then you know what we're going to do? We don't want to send them home after they sit through the Bible class and Carlos is going to be speaking Spanish. You know what we're going to do then? We're going to ask them to come in here in our worship service. And then we're going to get headsets for them. And Carlos is going to have a headset. And Carlos is just going to be translating everything that's said into Spanish so that they can sit here and worship with us. And here, the only problem I see in all of that is their amens may be a little bit delayed. You know, we may say, amen, praise the Lord. And I may be on to the next point. And by the time he's translating it, you may hear hundreds of, of Hispanic populations saying, amen. <laughs> Maybe a little bit after we've already said it. But I'm looking forward to that. And I want you to pray for Carlos. And we're starting. I mean, we're already working on literature. We're already working on handouts. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting trying to get some Hispanic literature or Spanish-speaking literature in here for him. We are aggressively going after the Spanish speaking people, the Hispanic population, to try to reach them for Christ. And Carlos needs your prayers, okay? So let him know that you're going to be praying for him. Give him another round of applause. Thank you, Carlos. Amen. Thank you, brother.
That's our Judea. That's our Samaria. That's what we are intentionally, strategically trying to carry out the Great Commission here at Victory Church. So whenever you go out into the community and someone asks you, what is your church doing to try to reach the masses? You can say, hey, we're in Jerusalem. We're in our hometown. We're doing Operation Saturation. We're teaching faith. We're reaching out to our community. We're trying to be a witness at home. And we're even going into Judea and Samaria. We're going into into, into other people groups that speak different languages. And we're trying to bring them in to share the gospel and then the bible says we're to go to the ends of the earth what does that mean that means that we're just to get on a plane get on a boat go what i have whatever it takes and go literally around the world and be involved in missions now you do that and you contribute to that every single month through your tithe and through your offerings, we take uh, an X amount of dollars out of that and we support missionaries literally around the world and help pay their way to be on the mission field so that they can share the gospel of Christ. But you know what? That's all well and good. And I'm not against that whatsoever. Matter of fact, I, I want to bump that up and I want to give more than what we're currently giving to missions. And, and right now with us trying to buy property, a lot of times if we're not real careful, we'll get in the flesh and we'll say, boy, we got to cut back financially because we've got to get our own. I'm just the opposite in my thinking, in my way of thinking. When the money gets tight, I think we need to give more. Hello? Hello? When the money gets tired, you say, Preacher, we're trying to buy all this property. We're trying to build a building. Listen, it ain't about you and it ain't about me and it ain't about us. Hello? It's about Jesus and it's about sharing His Word and it's about getting people saved and ready to meet the Lord. So we want to increase even our missions giving and we want to send more overseas. But that's not enough. We want to go. We want to go ourselves. And what you're going to be seeing, and I've been meeting with Daryl, and, and he's over our evangelism and our missions and our outreach, and, and I've been meeting with him. I said, Daryl, listen, every single year, I want our folks to have the opportunity to go on a mission trip. Now, we're going to start small this next year, and it's going to build to bigger and greater things, but you'll be looking for the announcements. We are doing some type of a mission trip next summer in and through the ministry of Victory Church, and I want you to be involved in that. Now, first of all, it may be just in North America, but we're going to start small and we're going to build year after year after year. And we're going to go on these mission trips every single year. I want our church involved in going on mission trips and everybody can go from the teens and the kids to parents and moms and dads and anybody that wants to go. I mean, listen, we took our kids on mission trips. I mean, when they were knee high to a grasshopper, we had them down in Mexico. I mean, we had them on mission trips. And I remember Tyler, boy, he, he couldn't do a whole lot but you know what he did do he got a soccer ball and got out there in one of those backyards with with some of the mexican kids that we were trying to reach and he played soccer with them man Kristen played with those kids i mean they loved it there's room for your children to get involved in missions and i encourage you to bring them i don't care how small they are now we will have a standard and we will have some rules that if children are going the parent must go and you are responsible for your child Hello? I mean, we can't babysit and do mission work. You understand that? But we encourage you to introduce your children to missions. Why? Because we're carrying out what Jesus said. What did He say to do? He said, be a witness for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the othermost parts of the earth. And guys, that's our heartbeat. And that's what started this church. And that's what we're still going to emphasize. And our job is to share the gospel. To see life change happen in the hearts of individuals. Why has God left you here? He's left you here to be a witness. Let's think about that. Did God leave us here just to sing? No, I'm not against singing. I love good singing as much as anyone. I enjoyed the songs this morning. I preached a revival meeting last night on the other side of Nashville, Illinois, and went out there, and the very first song they sang in that revival meeting that I was preaching in, they sang Victory in Jesus. And boy, as I sat there and sang that song, I just started weeping and crying like a baby because that's the song that we started this church with, and that's the song that we named the church after, and that's the song that God got a hold of my heart year, many years ago and, and really changed my life through it. We started singing that song, man, I just started crying like a baby. Why? Because it's all about Him. And everything that we're doing, we're trying to reach folks with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love singing, but we're not here to sing. Hello? I enjoy praying, but we're not here just to pray. 
Hello? I enjoy fellowship. But we're not here just to fellowship. You see, we can fellowship in heaven a lot greater than what we can do here. We can pray in heaven a lot greater than what we can do here. We'll be able to sing in heaven a lot better than what we can sing here. We're left here to do one thing that we'll never be able to do in heaven. What is that one thing that we can do here and now that we will never be able to do in heaven? That's to be a witness. To share our faith. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ. To share our story. Guys, in heaven, there'll be no evangelism. None. In heaven, it'll be only those that have already accepted Christ. There'll be no sinners there. There'll be no evangelism in heaven. That's the only thing that we can do in the here and in the now. I want you to notice also in this verse, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. Now, that Greek word is the Greek word dunamis. You will receive dunamis. Well, that doesn't mean anything to you. Unless you realize what the English word that we've got from the Greek word dunamis is. You know what the English word that we use today that we get from the Greek word dunamis, the same word where Jesus said you will receive power? The English word for the Greek word dunamis that we use today is dynamite. I mean, dynamite is powerful. I mean, you get a, you get a stick covered and you throw, it's going to do some damage. I mean, it's powerful. Of course, my good friend, Brother Tim York, grew up in Kentucky, right across the hills of West Virginia, and he told at our national convention, now listen, we're, we're, we're in Charleston, West Virginia, okay, for our national convention. My good friend Tim York was preaching at the convention, and he grew up just across the river in, in, in Kentucky. And he, he, he stood before that entire crowd of probably 8,000 people, and most of them from West Virginia. Every church in West Virginia canceled their service and came to the national convention for that meeting. And he stood there and he said, yeah, he said, I grew up just across the river, over in Kentucky. And he said, I remember when I was a boy, he said, those boys from West Virginia would get the dynamite and they would throw it over across the river into Kentucky. He said, we'd pick it up, we'd light it, and we'd throw it back. <laughs> I thought that's pretty good. It really went over really good in West Virginia. Okay, <laughs> Dynamite. God says, Jesus said, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that power is not to sing. That power is not to pray. That power is not to do fellowship. That power is to be a witness. You will receive the power that you need to be a witness. I love that verse of scripture in Acts chapter 1 and 8. But over in, over in Luke's gospel. I'm sorry, Mark's gospel chapter 5 and verse number 30. Turn there in your Bibles real quickly. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 30. This is a little bit off the, off the beaten trail, but, but I'm going to chase this rabbit and I'm going to kill it and then I'm going to come back and, and we'll, we'll finish the message, okay? But in Mark's gospel chapter 5, verse number 30, in this particular passage of Scripture, Jesus is talking about and, and, and Mark is sharing with us the, the story of this woman with the issue of blood. You, you remember the story? I mean, she had this disease for 12 years and, uh, and this issue of blood. She had all this bleeding taking place and she had gone to all the doctors that she knew to go to and she had spent all of her, all of her, all of her money and all of her inher- everything on, on doctor bills and, and trying to get healing for this issue of blood that she had. And, but then she heard, it says in, in Mark's Gospel chapter 5, then she heard that a man called Jesus was going to be coming by. And this man called Jesus came by and she said, oh, if I could, if I could just Get to him and touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch his robe, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed and I'll be made whole. And guys, let me pause and put in a pause and put in a commercial right there. If we could just get people to Jesus, it would solve so many problems in so many people's lives. Hello? She said, if I could just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. You know what she did? She pressed through the crowd. Which that in and of itself was a miracle. When you understand the culture of the day, and you understand what was really taking place, women had little or no value whatsoever. I mean, they weren't even to have a place in public. And so she's pressing through this crowd, and here this woman was saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me. I mean, listen, that was not what women did of that day. They stayed behind the scenes. They kept themselves well covered. They never made a distraction whatsoever. Especially in public. 
But she said, oh, if I could just fight through this crowd. I see him. He's right up there. Boy, if I could just get to him. And she made her way through the crowd. And she got there. And all she wanted to do was touch him. The Bible says that she touched him. And as soon as she touched him, as soon as she touched him, Jesus says, Who touched me? And they said, the disciples said, Well, Lord, we're in a crowd. It could be any one of a hundred people that's touched you. I mean, look, we're in this mass of, of people. What do you mean? Who touched you? He said, No, 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 no. You don't understand. There's something different. Somebody touched me by faith. And when they touched me by faith, he said, virtue went out of me. Power went out of me. Something just happened. Something just left me and went into somebody else by faith. What was that something? That was the power of the Holy Spirit that left Jesus that moment and went into that woman. And finally that woman, in fear and trembling, the Bible says, she came and knelt down before Jesus and she said, Master, Lord, I touched you. And he said, your faith has made you whole. And she was healed that instance in that moment. That same word virtue, that same word power, is the same Greek word dunamis that left Jesus and healed this woman, is the same power that's available to you and the same power that's available to me for us to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's pretty powerful. No pun intended. But I think that's pretty powerful. Amen? It's available to every single one of us. And guys, in this passage of Scripture... There's two things that are emphasized. Number one, that the Holy Spirit empowers disciples. And then number two, that Spirit-filled disciples witness about Jesus around the world. I want you to look at the first one, the Holy Spirit. And I believe I've got this in your notes. The Holy Spirit empowers disciples. Now, guys, you realize what our greatest need today? It is not for political power. Our greatest need today is not for political power. It's not for Obama. It's not for McCain. Matter of fact, I've, I've about heard enough of both of them. Hello? Now, I've got my preferences, and I don't dare say it right here in this forum, in this setting. But listen, I I really, really, it's almost to the point, listen, God's in control. And He's going to use whoever is in there to carry out His will. And I believe that doesn't stop us from doing what we know is right to do. But I put my faith in the Lord, not in McCain or Obama. Hello? Right? Listen, what we need is not political power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and on our lives. Listen, I put it in your notes. Look at it. Political power can change leaders, but it can never change a heart. Political power can win an election, but it can never save a life. Political power can pass righteous laws or repel unrighteous ones, but it can never make a man righteous. Political power cannot change the way people think because it touches the outside of life. Only the Holy Spirit of God can change hearts. Only the Holy Spirit of God can restore families. Only the Holy Spirit of God can restore and save an entire nation that may be doomed for destruction. Listen, guys, we don't need political power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. Amen? You don't understand. I got all primed up last night in preaching. So it didn't take me a whole lot long to get primed up this morning in preaching. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness in our lives. Well, guys, that's what God's called us to be and do. He's called us simply to be a witness. And I want you to know one more thing before I move on. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, I want you to notice that Jesus, Jesus didn't tell those believers to discover and know all they could about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't tell them to worry about that, did he? But I'm amazed at how many people are so worried about the end times. They're they're so worried about what's going to take place in the end. They're so worried about how Jesus is going to come back or in what venue He's going to come back or or what political leader may be rising up or who the Antichrist may be and and all these things. There's people are so worried about Jesus. He didn't tell them to worry about that stuff. He said he told them to focus on one thing. And what was that one thing He said to focus on? Be a witness. For me. Be a witness for me. You see, I believe if you get your heart right with God, I, I, I like the, uh, I like the panology theory. I believe if you get your heart right with God and live for Him, that everything will pan out in the end. You know, don't get so caught up in the end time stuff. Just live for the Lord. And I promise you, I've read the end of the book and I'm sure you have as well. We win. 
Put your trust in Him. It's going to be okay. Don't worry so much about that. But worry about what you are or what you should be doing. Very quickly, let me give you three things about what is a witness. Let me try to answer that. What is a witness? Number one, write this down if you will, please. A witness just simply tells what he knows. He just simply tells what he knows. And guys, that's what God's called us to be and do. He's called us simply to go out and tell what we know. The dictionary defines the word witness this way. It says, one who has seen or heard something, one who furnishes evidence. He's called us to be a witness. Guys, may I remind you that God hasn't called us to be defense attorneys. Although I'm not against apologetics, I enjoy studying some after apologetics. But it's not the main thrust of my ministry or the main thrust of my life as a Christian. Defending the faith or, or, or being an apologetic. My main thrust is to be a witness. God hasn't called us to be defense attorneys, has He? He said, I just want you to be a witness. Just tell what you've seen and heard. And just tell the truth and tell what you know. Just be a witness. He hasn't called us to be prosecutors. He hasn't called us to be judges. He hasn't called us to be a salesman. He says, just be a witness. And guys, listen, you don't have to be a theologian to be a witness for Jesus Christ. You don't have to know the book from cover to cover. You don't have to have the 66 books of the Bible memorized. You don't have to have all the core lessons in every one of the books down pat. I mean, I'm not against any of that stuff. But you don't have to, you don't have to know everything there is to know. To be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to go to a Bible college. You don't have to go off to some seminary to be a witness. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't need a college degree. You don't need a high IQ. All you need is a spirit and a heart that's willing to tell someone what God has done for you. Just tell what you know. Tell what you know. And that's what God's called us to be. And we see that's exactly what Paul did in Acts chapter 26. And Boy, I wanted to go there and unpack that, but I've already been too long. And, and I hope you've read that this week. That's what Paul was doing. I mean, he shared the gospel. And in Acts 26, 22, he, he, he shared what he knew about Jesus. And then in Acts 26, 19 through 20, he shared what he knew about mankind and what mankind must do. And they just must repent and turn to him. I mean, he shared what he knew. And that's all we're asking you to do. And that's all Jesus is asking you to do. Number two, a witness shares what he's experienced. Write that down, please. A witness shares what he has experienced. And in Acts chapter 26, verse 12 through 18, there Paul is sharing his experience. He's sharing what happened on the road to Damascus. He's sharing what the Lord had called him to do. And he was sharing his experience. And guys, listen, that's what we're to do. Just share your story. Just tell people what Jesus has done for you. It's not that hard. really isn't. Matter of fact, as I put this whole message together, I thought, it's, it's got to be more difficult than this. This is just too simple. But just share what you know. And just share what you've experienced. That's what being a witness is. The third and the final thing, jot this one down. A witness remains loyal to the end. A witness remains loyal to the end. Guys, do you realize that we get our English word martyr from the Greek word translated witnesses? And that just simply means that we're willing to die for our faith. That we're going to share our faith no matter what the cost. We're going to be a witness. We're going to speak up for heaven. And we're going to speak up for the Lord. And we're going to be loyal to the cause. And we're going to be loyal to Him. And a witness remains loyal all the way to the end. Let me ask you one question in closing this morning. Are there times and moments in your life when you feel inadequate to be a witness are there times in your life whenever you're going to share your faith that you think man I, I can't do this how many will be honest and raise your hand and say boy I feel that from time to time raise your hand and I've got mine raised and you say well you're a preacher you're a pastor surely you no, that, no there's times that I feel inadequate when I'm talking with a believer or an unbeliever and I'm trying to share the gospel with them there's times man God please just help me right here please just help me please don't help me make a mistake don't let me make a mistake there are times when I feel inadequate. And there are times I know when you feel inadequate. When you think, boy, I just can't do that. Let me encourage you this morning. Whenever you feel like that, I want you to know you're very close to the truth of Scripture. Matter of fact, you are closer than the one that would stand up and say, no, I never feel inadequate. I can share the gospel. I don't have any problem at all doing that. I've got everything memorized. 
I know the scripture. I know the sinner's prayer. I don't have any problem doing that. No, I never feel like that. Just give me somebody. Are you lost? Let me share to God. Are you lost? Let me... Do you realize that's not close to the heartbeat of scripture at all? That type of a spirit and mindset? Do you understand that? If you feel inadequate, if you feel like, man, you're going to struggle with this whole thing, I want you to know that you're really, really close to the heartbeat of God. And you're really, really close to the, to the Word of God and the doctrine of God and the Scripture of God. You say, you got chapter and verse for that? I'm glad you asked, because I do. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that's where we're going to go and we're going to close out from right here. But bear with me, I know I've been probably too long already this morning. But it was so simple, I just felt like I had to add so much more. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now I'm going to read probably most of this chapter. So turn in your Bibles and follow along with me. And I'm reading now the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is writing to the believers at Corinth in his second epistle to them. Actually, it's his third, but the second one that's included in the Scriptures, the canon of Scripture. He says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not give up. Instead, we have renounced shameful secrets, not walking in deceit or distorting God's message, But in God's sight, we commend ourselves to every person's conscience by an open display of the truth. But if, in fact, our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Get a hold of this. Regarding them, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of God. Of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves because of Jesus. In verse 6, for God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, he has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7 is the verse where I pulled the statement from that if you feel inferior, you're real close to the heart of God. Look what he says. Now we have this treasure. What treasure, Paul? Paul, what treasure do we have? What are you talking about? What I've just read to you. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That if we don't share it, it's veiled to the unbelievers because the God of this age, which is Satan, has them blinded to the things of God. If we don't share it, we have a gospel that is veiled. And this treasure, he's saying, look what he says, we now have this treasure in clay jars or clay pots. So that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. Let me come down here. Guys, you realize what Paul just said. Paul himself felt inadequate. He said, I've got the the most wonderful message that's ever been given. And you know, where it's, you know where it is? It's in my heart. It's in my life. And he said, we've got this wonderful message, this treasure that's in clay jars. God, this wonderful treasure, shouldn't you have gotten some type of brass or silver or golden vessel? This wonderful treasure... And you're going to put it in a clay pot? This wonderful treasure? Surely, God, there's something of marble. Surely there's some marble pots. Surely there's something of pure gold. Surely there's something of refined silver that is bright and beautiful. God says, no. I'm going to put this treasure in earthen vessels. I'm going to put this treasure in clay pots. I'm going to put this treasure in you and in you and in you and in you. That's where I'm going to put this wonderful treasure. 
And if we don't share it, if we don't share it, we've got a vessel or a gospel message that's veiled to the people of this world that the God of this world, which is Satan, has them blinded. And Paul says, oh, I feel so inadequate. You could have chose someone greater than me, God. Just a clay pot. Guys, all of us are just clay pots. But we have a wonderful treasure. And we have a wonderful message. Please, everybody pay attention. There's one, we got to stop all this walking around distraction, okay? We got to have, we've got to have, we've got to realize that we have the most powerful message in the world. And it's in our hearts. And we are the ones that God has called to share it with the lost and dying world. I want to put three things up on the screen, Justin. If you go to my very last slide, here's what I'd like to encourage you to do. Let me ask you to do three things this week. Number one, will you pray that God would give you the chance to witness for Him this week? You have the treasure of God. You have the treasure. It's in you. Clay pots. It's in you. You'll see people that I will never see. You'll come in contact with people I will never come in contact with. I will come in contact with people that you will never come in contact with. It's our job as individual believers to be a witness. So I'm going to ask you, will you pray that God would just, God just give me a chance. God just give me one opportunity this week. Just to share this wonderful treasure that I have in this earthen vessel, this clay pot. Will you help me and give me one chance to share that? Number two, will you commit to speaking up when God gives you that opportunity that you prayed for? Now, if you're going to pray for that chance, don't let the chance go by without taking advantage of it. So number two, I'm going to ask you, will you make a commitment today to God? God, when you give me that opportunity, when you give me that chance that I have prayed for, I'm going to speak up. And I'm going to share this wonderful treasure that's in my heart and in my life that you've given me. I'm going to share that. And the third thing I'd like for you to do, I'd like for you to sign up for faith evangelism training, which starts next week. And in that, what we're going to help you do is discover your story. And we're going to bring that, and that's going to coincide with some scripture. And with something that's going to help you to go out and share your story and be a witness. That's what I'd like for you to do this week. Pray that God gives you a chance to be a witness. When the chance comes, commitment to make a commitment to God today that you're going to share. No matter how inadequate we may feel, we're just going to... Stumble, you know, I put in your notes, you may say, well, I'm going to stammer. That's okay. God can take your stammering words. What else did I put in your notes there? I lost mine. Mine are up top. You may say, I stammer. That's okay. Holy Spirit doesn't stammer. You may say, I'm too shy. That's okay. Don't worry about your shyness. The Lord will speak through you. You may say, well, I don't know enough Bible. No one knows enough Bible. Work at it. Eventually, you'll know more and more. You may say, I'm afraid it won't work. When you think that the gospel won't work, remember the fact it worked with you. Amen? <laughs> Just share. There are people that God has intentionally brought across your path that He wants you to reach and witness to. Will you do that? I wonder as we bow our heads and close our eyes, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to scratch this video, Brother Wayne, and we'll just sing that, that song. I, I just want to pray with you. Guys, this is very, very serious. This is the whole reason we're here. You know, in our, our slogan for our church is Victory Church, Casual Atmosphere, Serious Faith. And this is where it gets serious. And what we're doing here, this is not just like coming to a ball game or going to Walmart. Or, I mean, we've assembled together to hear the Word of God and to see what it is that God's called us to do. 
I mean, I don't think there's anything more important going on in, in the world today than what goes on in every Bible-believing church when they open up the Word of God and proclaim what thus saith the Lord. It's the most important thing that ever happens. First of all, can you say that it's well with your soul? This is a song we're going to sing here in just a moment. Can you say that? Can you say that it's well with your soul? If you can't, the first thing you need to do is is ask Christ to forgive you. Maybe you're a Christian and you've just backslid on the Lord. He, He loves you. Just rededicate and recommit your life to the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning you've never really accepted Christ as your Savior. Give your life to Him. He has great things in store for you and He wants to bless you. Give your life to Him. But maybe you're here and you're a child of God and you've never been really good at witnessing. You've never been really good at sharing your faith. Why don't you ask God to reveal that power that's already in you through the person of the Holy Spirit and to give you the strength that you need to take advantage of the opportunities that you're going to have to share your faith. Let me pray for you. Father, dear God, I I just pray Lord, for every person here this morning. God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. And God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to realize what a a wonderful, great responsibility we have to share your word. Father, maybe there's some here this morning that either need to rededicate or their lives to you or accept you as their Savior or maybe they just need to ask you to forgive them for not being a good witness for you. God, whatever the need is, I pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning and help us, Lord, to respond. In Jesus' name I pray. As we all stand, we've got our deacons and their wives in place. If you need somebody to pray for you, just go back to one of these guys and they'll pray with you. They'll help you. We're here to help you. We're here because we love you. And let's carry out the Great Commission as we sing together.